You're listening to the Industry Alchemist podcast. The definition of alchemy is a seemingly magical process of transformation or creation. This podcast exists to hear the stories of entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders doing just that in their industry. We hear about the journey of the brave souls carving a new path, moving their industry and our lives forward in a seemingly magical way. This episode is brought to you by OfficeChief.com. Office Chief exists to make moving your office easy and painless. Moving an office can be a big hassle. On top of running your company, you're thrown into having to figure out what to do. Hire space planners, furniture companies, movers, IT consultants, the list goes on. It only takes two minutes to create a profile and Office Chief gives you a step-by-step action plan and connects you with the top vendors in your market. Moving your office? Log on to officechief.com and make it easy. I'm your host, Matt Brower, co-founder and managing broker of Column Commercial Partners, helping companies save money on their real estate. I'm also founder and CEO of OfficeChief.com, an online resource for businesses moving their office or updating their space. Hey guys, welcome to the Industry Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Matt Brower. This episode's guest runs an experiential marketing agency called Pineapple Agency, who's worked with some of the biggest brands we all know including Under Armour, Live Nation, Adidas, Procter & Gamble, Google, Wrangler, the list goes on, as well as many very well-known musicians and music festivals around the world. After graduating from high school, he dove right into entrepreneurship by helping produce large-scale music festivals, and his businesses and career just took off from there. Appreciate your time, and thanks for for being on the show, Justin Moss. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, you and I uh, met through Entrepreneurs Organization back God, five, six years ago now. Yeah, God, it's been that long. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. become yeah. good friends. Appreciate lot, your friendship. Lots of drinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I want to start by asking you one question because I know that uh, actually before I uh, ask that, can you explain high level experiential marketing? That might be a foreign concept for some. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. So. Experiential marketing, in my words, is is creating a live experience or event that emotionally connects brands to consumers in very emotional ways. So we create um, immersive experiences, and then we use all sorts of strategies like digital, at a home, um, social media, to engage with the consumer before, during, and after. So what that means is essentially how do we uh, engage them before the experience, during. And then after, how are we getting them to either buy a product or become a brand ambassador for the brand that we're working with? And this also works in the B2B world as well. So it's uh, take an action, take any kind of action, kind of uh, their experience, out, get, get people, consumers to take some action Correct. after the fact. Yeah, because what we found in, in the last many years is, is that consumers want to be engaged. They want to not be marketed at. They want to market with yeah. and with the digital revolution and just everybody wanting to experience something one way or another. We have found that if brands connect with a consumer through an experience, it's a lot likely that they become uh, a consumer for life or a consumer, you know, for a long time and become a vocal point for that brand. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the covid world, we're seeing that even more because now we're all sitting at fucking home doing nothing and yeah. we need experiences. Yeah, we're dying for them. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to get into uh, how COVID has affected your business because I know you do a lot of event type work. Uh, so I want to get into that a little bit later. But first, 
want to start by, um, can you think of, can you remember like the most interesting or like coolest uh, project you have worked on in your career? Yeah, that's the great question. And it does come up. Um, there's actually two of them. And, and I'll, I'll say the one really quickly. So when I was 21, I, I produced my first music festival and it was a three day extreme sports music festival. And we were at the very forefront of multi-day music festivals here in America. So we had guys like Stone Temple Pilots and Outkast and Tony Hawk came in and did a whole extreme sports area. Um, area. So wow. that was at, for me, a pinnacle of my career, but it was just the very beginning. More recently in the experiential world, um, we delivered Steph Curry's new sneakers by drones uh, off of yachts in the San Francisco Bay. <laughs> oh and we ran God. a digital scavenger hunt. So you found those landing zones of where those deliveries would be made. So at, at that was uh, a couple of years ago, and it was it was incredible. Oh incredible. my gosh! Yeah. Did you, and the, your team thought this up? Like, the, did they hire you and go, "Here's what we're kind of looking to do. What do you got?" And you guys thought, "Oh, this would be cool." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we worked with an agency out of California that yep. Under Armour was their client, and and the idea came from figuring out a way to disrupt the release of a new shoe or a, oh a drop, gosh. as they call it. Yeah. So. Um, we wanted to figure out a way to do that. And at the time, drones were being tested for deliveries, but they weren't being used. And so as we like to um, say here, you want to deliver sneakers by drones? Hold my beer. We'll get yeah. it done. So <laughs> we figured out a way to do it. And um, it was a widely successful campaign. Um, at the time, it was 190 million impressions after it was all said and done. So um, super exciting. And, and just... We had never done anything like that before on that scale with drones, so yeah. it was it was it was hard work trying to navigate it and figure it out. But yeah. um, we did it. You know, God, I can't imagine how much a project like that costs. Like, yeah, I, I can't I can't divulge. Yeah, that's, yeah but, that's a good but point. We I have to imagine like the dot the spend on something like that is massive. overall with yeah. with 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 the delivery the. Um, technology that was created yeah. the website the the gps you know um platform for the gamification right you you are in in the seven figures yeah wow we on our team actually the last couple months uh in the commercial real estate world everyone's now working from home these you know business owners are everyone's at home we're actually trying to come up with a way like what can we um deliver to our clients and our prospects to help shape the answer of how like office space is going to work yeah, and it'll yeah. work next. So we've been, uh, strategizing on that. And, uh, maybe we I thought consult. I was just getting interviewed. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll get a client out of this. Exactly. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, to that point, I mean, I think the COVID world, even before COVID, we were looking at how we're always looking at how do we engage somebody, yeah. whether it's a consumer or in your world, a B2B, you know, right. yeah. how do we engage them? And so it doesn't always have to be a big, huge event or a big PR stunt. It can be engagements like sending something to their house mm -hmm. or like what we're doing for a client right now is we're pairing sending something to their house and then the ex an online experience. So we're sending um, uh, a robe to their house and they're going to get nice and comfy and then they're going to enjoy a Saturday Night Live sketch show oh, cool. for their holiday party. So we're doing things like that where we're interacting with them at their home yep. and then we're tying it back to a digital or virtual platform to keep that going. And and we're seeing a lot of that, right? And and so to your point, we're 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 
you know, doing it and exploring yeah. it. Yeah. The creativity is incredible. Thank you. I love it. I actually got my degree. It's not all me. I got a team. <laughs> yeah, you have an awesome team. I've met several of them. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, uh, I got my degree in marketing, and it was years ago. I don't even know how it works these days, but uh, it's good to hear kind of some of the latest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, well, I mean, full transparency, I, I didn't graduate college. I, I dropped out, and, um, you know, I started in the music business, so I, I started producing concerts, music. I mean, my real start is I started raves, producing raves in high school. Okay. And so I never knew about marketing, and um, I knew how to promote a show uh, or build a show, and I didn't get into experiential until 2007, eight-ish, when I was approached. I met two guys from Google, and they had approached us later on. I didn't even know they were from Google, to be honest. Yeah. And they had asked us to work on the Democratic National Convention with their partnership with them and, and Barack Obama. And so we worked on it, and I that's when it kind of hit me. Uh, sort of experiences are going to be the wave in the next part oh, of, wow. of marketing. And so I think um, that's what got me excited because I know how to build a city in the middle of nowhere for thousands of people for a music festival. Yeah. But it, was, it wasn't until thinking through experiences that, that really sort of forayed me into experiential marketing. So when did you officially start Pineapple Agency? Pineapple Agency was born in 2014. Uh, it was born after I had exited another experiential agency that I had started with some partners okay. that is no longer around today. So it wasn't this big, huge, amazing exit. Um, it was basically me leaving and the company folding after other partners left earlier. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it started in 2014. Uh, and the idea was that I wanted to do, obviously, a lot more in experiential and trade show experiences. But I really wanted to get back into the music industry and music festivals. Cause I, I absolutely have a huge passion for music festivals. And so the pineapple agency was created to become, you know, a force in both, both industries. Right. I also have a, a passion for music festivals, very different way. I like to attend yeah, them. But. I know. You've, atten <laughs> you've attended some of ours. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. No. <laughs> oh, that's great. And so, um, talk to me about where, where pineapple came from pineapple agency yeah so probably get that question a lot i do and <laughs> and the answer isn't that good i mean there's there's two stories there's a really long story that can't be done on this podcast and it has to be done over beer so maybe round two podcast round two. Okay. but essentially like what i loved about the pineapple is one it was the international sign of welcome and hospitality so oh. You know, even though we're not a catering company or a hotel, I, you know, I, hospitality, we're still in that sort of event space. Yeah. But two, I always found it to be this ugly, crazy fruit on the outside, but delicious and fruity on the inside. And that's sort of <laughs> how my brain works, right? Like I'm crazy. I'm, you, this is what you get. You, 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 I mean, I'm the real thing, right? You, I don't, I curse. I have a potty mouth. I don't care. <laughs> um, so that's me on the that's outside, why, right? One reason that I love you, by the way. <laughs> And, and, but, you know, be honest with you, like I, 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 that's like on the inside, like I'm, I'm, I am, I'm loyal, I'm nice, I'm sweet, but yep. we're creative and my team is, is crazy too. Like we're, we're fun, crazy. We work hard, we play hard. And yep. so that's how I kind of relate the, the pineapple to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. So. Um, and I want to bring up too, cause I just actually came across the photos from it, uh, two days ago. You know how Google reminds you sometimes like, what were you doing a year ago? Uh-huh. 
uh, the photos of when you when I was uh, Bud Light night. And oh, team. that was awesome! But a year, t- I, I don't know, last yeah, season. last last football season. Yeah, last yeah, football yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Spent a day as Bud Light night for that you guys. That was so fun. Got carted around uh, in a limo and just had an entourage, which was yep. a l- large part of your team. Got to work with you guys. It was so much fun. Yeah, we're gonna. You should put some of those pictures on your podcast website so people can see. That's but a good it, idea. It was a great. It that was a great <laughs> campaign, and and uh, you stepped in last minute. You yeah. Because they can't. We, we, the guy, the guy that was supposed to do it, they sent the wrong suit to us from oh, from no. their other agency, and you know you needed somebody six foot or taller. I yeah. think it was, and I was like, who the hell do I know that's six foot? I'm like. Matt. <laughs> and you wanted somebody somewhat like, you know, built and, and in shape. Like I'm fat and small, so I couldn't do it. And Matt's like six foot plus and he's built and he's good looking. And yes, I'm okay with my manlyhood. And and he worked out great. Oh, thanks for the compliment. <laughs> that was a blast. I'll do it again anytime you guys want. <laughs> oh, that's great. So uh, let's dive into uh, kind of what we alluded to earlier. I know that the events side of your business, it's not all you do, but uh, talk about you put out um, kind of in the beginning of quarantine, you put out a, an email to your network that I thought was one of the most eloquent, intelligent, articulate, like outlooks or perspectives on your industry. Yeah. And it kind of goes against the, what the, how the rest of your industry and uh, is kind of seeing this and what the future looks like. Can you talk about like what's, what you guys are going through in that regard? And, and yeah. then I want to yeah. get into what's next for you guys. Yeah. So um, that was my Jerry Maguire moment. <laughs> um, luckily I own the company, so they didn't fire me. <laughs> um, but uh, essentially uh, then and, and now, um, so let me just back up for a second and say that um, I, I always and still do believe what the virus is and, and how how hard it is and, and how bad it is health wise. Yeah. Never, never took that for granted at all. Yeah. Um, I think early on I took for granted what it was going to do to my industry, our industry and, and, and the world, uh, obviously. Um, so that was early on. But but once I, I started kind of seeing the writing on the wall, you know, we, we had clients canceling you know immediately we had we were we had festivals that we had to you know immediately cancel um you know i wrote a letter and 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 it was basically just saying like listen i understand that this world is changing right now and that i understand that the need for shifting or or pivot which i i actually hate the word pivot but shifting to digital and and trade shows digital and music festivals digital and and all this but what i was getting so frustrated about is that Everybody was switch shifting, and and when you started having brands start saying, you know, there was one particular brand which I'm not going to mention, but they they mentioned, oh, we're not going to have any live events for our consumers or our employees until 2021. Mm-hmm. Now this was very early on. This was like February, February, March, February, February, March. Yeah. Uh, or March, April. Sorry, March, April. I was like, how could you do that? Like, why would you? say that right now like let's see this how just started just starting yeah. like it, i think i think it's irresponsible because now you're causing a stir i mean this is one of the biggest tech companies in the world and, and they're yeah. causing a stir and so my my letter was basically saying listen i know we have to do things differently now 
Yeah. But don't say we're sh- the the event experiential agency is changing forever. Like humans need interaction. We need events. We need live shows. We need concerts. We may not need trade shows. I mean, that, that's just a fucking drunk fest. But yeah. <laughs> don't clients don't listen to me. Yeah. I filled your trade show booth. But but humans need interactions, right? And we want them. And yeah. so for everybody to just start saying everything's going to be virtual for here on out. Yeah. To me, it was just very scary and very insensitive and just, just really stupid, you know? So that was what the letter was about. And so today, um, yes, as an agency, as a business owner, we are doing virtual stuff. We like to do more hybrid stuff. Like we were talking about earlier where it's virtual and some sort of experience, but at the end of the day, we are adhering to our, our brand clients and our consumers that, you know, some of our clients just, they want to just do not do anything, you know, in person, no events, whatever. So we are looking at the hybrid situation if we can. Um, but I, I would say it's been a very tough eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're starting to see clients, um, wanting to do things, talk to us about doing things. Um, I think part of that is they know that if they don't start planning now for 2021, they, they're going to be rushing. They're not going to be able to do anything. And I think everybody knows in their heart that you have to do experiential marketing these days. Yeah. You just have to. Yeah. If you combine it with digital, great. Or, or you know, most experiences that we produce are some form of digital. But they know they have to get things going. Mm-hmm. I think the big difference, too, and, and you know, not to get into any politics, but now that you know, the election is is over, you know, yeah. now that, you know, Pfizer says that there's a vaccine coming. I think we're starting to have those conversations where there's a little bit of a sigh of deep breath and saying, okay, yeah, we could get back to experiences, but let's not forget. We are still doing things in a very COVID safe world. So, you know, our festivals, we're looking at, you know, a two part, uh, a two process, um, testing situation as they enter, as they enter, yeah. sending a test kit to their house, you know, um, upping our, our health and safety protocol, whether that's sanitary or what. So definitely for the foreseeable future, we're going to be in that situation. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, the world, the, the events industry will come back. And, and in fact, um, all the data points um, point to it's going to come back even faster and harder than it was in, in the last few years. Because there's so much pent-up energy So for much pent-up demand. Yeah. Live Nation, who you mentioned, is one of my clients. They did a report early on in COVID, and it's 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 published now. But and don't quote me on the numbers, but I believe it was like eighty three percent of the people had kept their tickets. For, oh, really? For, for events that just festivals. got postponed. Yeah. Um, oh, that's and, nice. And then, like the brand that I work with is Insomniac Festivals. Um, they we've we've um, once again don't don't quote me on the the numbers because we're not on that side, but. We've released tickets to five major festivals, one of them being 170,000 people a day, and it wow. sold out within 24 hours. You're so, kidding. Wow. You know, so That's awesome. It's going to come back. It will. It, it, it's got to. Because I think you're, you're exactly right. We humans just strive for interaction, connection, experiences. Yep. This is not going away. No. So that's good. It's encouraging to hear that it's actually coming back quicker than... Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I mean, yeah. I think I think we're we're dealing with a lot of crap. I think a lot of my friends or colleagues, I've seen a lot of businesses go out of business. I yeah. think if there's not 
some sort of government help, both federally and locally. I think you're going to see a lot more event industries going out of business. There's a lot, there's a movement right now to say, it's called Save Our Stages, you know, saving some of these smaller music venues that rely on doing shows and beer and liquor sales and small food. And, yeah. you know, a lot of these, you know, these, these legendary venues that launch the careers of Elton John to the Beatles to, you know, whatever, they're not, they're not going to be around if they don't get some sort of help. Oh man, that's uh, that's tragic. We have some nice historical theaters here. Yeah, here in Denver. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. So, um, so it hasn't. I mean, it, I'm sure it has had some impact on your on your business, but you're actually seeing that activity is coming back very quickly. So you guys are. Yeah, sounds like pretty solid then. Yeah, I mean, I've had to lay. Nice. I laid people off early on. Yeah. Um, my my team has been absolutely incredible. They they took pay cuts. Um, you know we. Cut costs everywhere we can. You know, yeah. you know, we rented out space in our office to another agency to try to just make ends meet. I mean, we haven't had real revenue since March, mm -hmm. um, and we've we've had millions of dollars in contracts canceled. Um, at this point, every dollar that I'm spending to stay open is my own. So it's it's we we were having a record year, and now we're 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 fighting to. I mean, I wouldn't say we're fine to keep the doors open because I'm, I'm, we're, we're, we're in a great position, but cash wise, but, um, we definitely are going to need to see some, some hits here soon. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So. so, um, thinking of like, um, on the experiential marketing side or, or the, you know, the festival and the event side, who are, who's the perfect client for you of the listeners of this podcast? If anyone, uh, has a company or runs an event or something like that, yeah. who should reach out to you for help on creating that experience, getting people in, you know, creating that momentum. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I think, I think for us, um, you know, we have a COVID perfect client and then we have added COVID perfect client. I mean, yeah. I think for us, we're just very passionate about, about what we do. We're very passionate about creating that experience, creating that memorable moment. And so like right now we're doing a lot of holiday parties, you know, for, for brands, some big brands, you know, you know, whether it's, it's for their employees or for their consumers, a lot of employee driven stuff right now. So, mm. um, I, the perfect client for us is, is really a client that either wants to be educated or understands how important the experience is to a human and how it can help them either, um, sell product or services or in this, you know, in a stakeholder case, you know, how you can, you know, have a holiday party in a safe COVID COVID world. Yeah. Um, there is, I mean, we, we do tend to have a, a level of client we like to work with, but we also are believers in true partnerships with our clients. So we do put skin in the game for, you know, startups that, you know, need some help. Um, and then of course, once again, COVID. So, so a lot of people need help. So we want to help whoever we can, but, but as a business, we do, we do have to be careful. You know, it is time intensive to produce these things and create these things. Yeah. I don't know if that answered the question or no, it but, does. Yeah. It does. Um, you mentioned a certain level of client, but you're, I would imagine that means like size or revenue or spend wise spend wise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but in, in the midst of kind of what's going on, everyone needs help and you're here to help is what I heard. Absolutely. We're here yeah. to help and it would help us too. Right. Because at this point I'm not looking to make any money, you know, profit wise until probably late 2021, maybe right. sooner if, if things turn fast. But at this point, I just want to keep people working. Yeah. You know, if I right. could keep my employees working and we hire a ton of freelancers, you know, contract designers, contract producers, contract fabricators from aside from what we do in house. So if I could keep people working and have them keep their people working, 
then it's a win for 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 not only me but for humanity in Colorado. You know, exactly. I mean, we need to keep people working. Yeah, absolutely. That would be uh, that'll be nice once we're all back to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we will be. I mean, I think I think like I said, it's it's we're getting there. Yeah, I actually uh, gave a presentation on on kind of the commercial real estate industry jobs market a few days ago, and it is looking like um, the number of unemployment claims are decreasing quite a bit. So hopefully that trend continues. We'll see what this second wave of COVID is going to do to everything. Hopefully yeah. that's. Uh, hopefully Pfizer and you know the, whatever I mean, they're the working on. And the Pfizer thing is great. I, I yeah. just it's I mean if you if you, I, I don't know if you've read anything about like how they have to. They, I mean it has to be freezing cold to distribute it. They have to distribute. You know I think it's got to be 60, 70 percent of the population needs it right. in order for it to to kind of herd mentality or immunity. Um, but it needs to be freezing. You yeah. need two doses. So they're going to set up, I, I read this, I, I don't know if it's true or not, so don't take for gospel, but they're setting up like these giant solar freezers around the country to, you know, get these distributed until they need to be used. Um, I mean, look, I, I, I don't want to get dark, but there is going to be a second wave. I mean, yeah. we're already seeing we're it. Already seeing it, yeah. Um, it, it's, it's how we handle it as a country. Um, wear your masks, people. Like, that's all you need to do. Mm. Wear your masks. Um, but with that being said, I do believe unemployment's going to go up once they do a relief bill, because I think a lot of people, um, filed for unemployment and then they just said, yeah, the state's not giving me enough to even keep up with the paperwork. But once they get that 400 to $600 federal incentive, I think it's going to go back up, which by the way, I'm for the federal incentive. I, I think that we need all the help we can get Absolutely. and it boosts the, it boosts the economy, no matter how you, you look at it. But the one thing I will say um, is what I keep in the back of my mind about all this is, and, um, the, the CEO of Apple, I can't, Tim Cook, he yeah. said this on, on a, on a podcast, uh, very early on. And I'm not going to say it as elegantly as he is, cause he's much smarter than me, but you know, you got to remember that the 35, 40 million people that were out of work at, at its, at its highest, um, there's still 185 million Americans plus that are working, right. you know? And so, um, they're spending money. They're they're still out doing things. And then you got to remember the pent up demand of not spending money for those three four months that you know we couldn't go to restaurants, we couldn't do stuff. So then you started seeing the V economy kind of start playing in, where people are going out, they're spending lots of money. And I think once we're through this, or the vaccine is even more d distributed, and we see more people going, you're going to see all that pent up demand go to food and restaurants and movies and, and travel and, and, and all that. So I think we're in very dark days now and, and we're starting to see the light, but I think it's going to shoot up very quick, very fast. Yeah. Let's just hope the restaurants that are still open can sustain long enough yeah, for that. To happen. My heart's with those guys Me and too, girls man. because it's, 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 we both have a lot of friends, right? Yeah. In, in the, the industry, just in Colorado, right. Own yeah. restaurants and 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 one of our mutual friends has done really well in the the shift on how he's you know done a lot of deliveries and stuff. But yep. a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot you know waiters, servers. You know, I always used to say because I was a bartender years ago. I used to always say, and I waiter. I used to always say, you need in America, you should work in a restaurant once in your life. Once in your like, life, like it should be mandated. Yeah. So you know what these men and women go through to serve you your fucking hamburger like <laughs> and you bitch about the no pickles and you got pickles like yes. dude, shut up and tip 25 percent, especially now 
Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now is the time to tip. Absolutely. Way more. Way more. Yeah. Way more. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, look, I, <laughs> we, have, we have first responders as family members, but I give every bit of the first responder love to kitchen restaurant workers because yep. they are literally risking their life to serve you a cheeseburger. Good like, point. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Or your Chick-fil-A or yeah. your cocktail yeah, yeah, or any whatever. Of them. Yeah. Any of them. Any Look, of them. you can be as safe as you can, and I know all these restaurants are protocol, but at the end of the day, it, all it takes is one slip-up or yeah. one idiot that's not wearing their mask that comes in even though he's kicked out of the restaurant, but he now infects the rest. You know, who, like, who knows? But, like, these people are going to work every single day to make money but to serve your cheeseburger. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I want to shift uh, to you more on a personal level. Mm. You, you clearly, you bring a ton of energy to everything you do. You work in a just high energy environment all the time, you know, uh, implementing the things that you and your team create. And I've seen it live. I've seen you in action. Do you, uh, when you're at home, like, how are you? You, you? Do you recluse sometimes? You just want to not be around people or you just... Uh, um. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always high energy. Yeah. I'm always, always got to keep busy. Yeah. I always got to be doing something. I do have little things that I do, um, that I like. Um, I'm not much of a by myself type of person. So yeah. I do always like, even if I'm in my car, I'll call somebody to talk. You know, I talk to my brother a lot. So me and my brother talk probably every day, you know, oh, and, cool. and, um, I guess my avenue of, of staying busy is sometimes talking to people. But one of my big things that I love to do, and um, because of COVID, I haven't, is I love to go out to dinner by myself. So I oh, love cool. to go to like a restaurant and sit at the bar and or sit at a table and just relax. I shut my phone off. I, you know, eat my meal. Usually it's during sporting season, like watching football, you know, and just... I'll talk to the bartender. I'll talk to people, but that's sort of like the a way that I do calm down a little bit. Um, and I travel a lot. So I travel, you know, in 2020, I traveled 40 times was my this year in 2020. I'm sorry. 2019. 2019 okay. 2019. I took my 40th flight, you know, by the time, you know, March came around. Right. Yeah. And so when I work festivals, you know, we're, you know, like one of our biggest festivals, Electric Daisy Carnival in Vegas, we're working for two weeks, uh, week and a half, two weeks. Um, and it's, you know, 12, 15 hour days. And then the festival oh is gosh. from 7 p.m. to 5 a.m. So for those three days, for it's three nights for, for three, three days. Nights, in a row, yeah. yeah. So one of the things I do when I travel is is I do like just shut everything down in my hotel room. And that's like I'll stay an extra day or so in in the city that i'm in and do nothing i'll order room service and just shut down yeah um but overall no i'm a workaholic i work seven days a week my phone is always on i'm always doing something and i've been like this since i you know started my first business at 10 years old that's so cool man that's why you've been so successful probably uh yeah. th that's what they say <laughs> yeah. i i mean i definitely think that there's something to and you mentioned eo earlier i think what i'm learning a lot like through like EO education and like mentors and, and just peers is that I used to always believe that work, 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 work. If you don't work 80 hours a week, you're not working, you're not getting anything done. Right. And the truth is now I'm starting to take it back, take it, take it back a little bit and say, all right, well, am I really being effective in that, you know, 60th hour, you know, to 80, you know? So now I'm trying to be a little bit more smarter and work a little bit smarter and, and, 
take more deep breaths. But as far as like energy, no, I, I'm always there, always on. Yeah, you know, that's one big thing I got out of EO. Um, I was brought up in the same way. I'm in a, uh, you know, a service business. It's me. The brand is me. Uh, so I'm building this business around me. Yep. And if you have a business that you're, you can't remove yourself from at some point whenever you want to, yeah. like what, what is there? Like how sustainable exactly. is that? What right? does it become? Yeah. 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 And so that's a very big thing I got out yeah. of EO in my time there uh, was creating a system not a bit, not necessarily a business, but a system that operates outside of yep. me is really the magic. <laughs> and that's, and that's what we're trying to do here. I mean, I got, I, like I said, I have a, I have a, the most amazing team in the world and, yeah. and, um, I've lucky, I've been lucky for that. And even past employees have been amazing. But one of the things that I've been really focused on is getting myself out of everything, like mm-hmm. being involved in in everything. As much as I love going to Office Depot and roll around the cart and buy office supplies because <laughs> it you know it's kind of like my restaurant thing, right? I'm alone, I'm buying shit, I'm enjoying it. I shouldn't be not because I'm too big for it because I will mop the floor, I will jump on a ladder, I will do what I need to do. But what is how valuable is my time? Mm-hmm. You know, what can I be doing for my employees or for the growth of my company when I'm not at Office Depot shopping for office supplies. Exactly. So to your point, yeah. trying to figure out those systems and processes. Yeah, maximize everyone's efficiency. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So uh, just to cap things off here, uh, ask you a couple few rapid fire questions. Uh-oh. You said I was going to cry, and I haven't <laughs> cried yet. So this is where we I'm haven't gone there. No, <laughs> this is that part. No, <laughs> um, no, that we were talking about uh, that show, Jerry Maguire, um, and how uh, what's his name? Cuba getting Jr. You didn't want to cry in that show. Yeah, before the movie. And they cried at the end. He cried yeah. at the end. It was amazing. Um, so, do you have a kind of any kind of morning routine or any? Uh, maybe not morning, any time of day, that time you spend on yourself to keep you effective and um, in action and that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, so once again, pre-COVID, I did. I, 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 um, I was exercising. Um, I, my, one of my favorite things to do is walk my dogs. Um, it, it sort of grounds me. I walk them. I listen to podcasts. I walk around the neighborhood. Um, and we just moved to the city now, so we're not in the suburbs. So I, I, there's a lot more things to see. Um, but for me, the biggest thing is I like to do things with my hands. So like when I want to decompress, you'll find me walking in the warehouse, building something or fixing something. Matter of fact, you, you all listening can't see, but there's a, a, a pile of rubber on the floor in the front lobby of my office. And that's because I ripped out all the window weather stripping yesterday and I bought new weather stripping and I'm replacing it. (laughs) And so it's things like that, that like forget about the whole working in your business. And I got, got, you know, the whole office depot comment, but I do like to do things with my hands to kind of ground me and keep me busy. Yeah. Um, I always say I'm the head janitor as well as the, the CEO. Yeah. Um, and then what was the other, there was two parts of that question, wasn't there? Yeah, just like a routine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's that. So pre COVID, I did a lot of that stuff. COVID, I just get drunk because I'm I'm a definitely (laughs) COVID alcoholic. Um, (laughs) But no, that's in all seriousness, that's really it. You know, that's that. I don't really have like a routine routine. Yeah. 
Um, we do the That's morning. Cool. We do a morning huddle here at the office every morning. Um, well, well, when you before come in, COVID, yeah, yeah, when you come in, when we office. come in before yeah. COVID. That's cool. Um, so we do stuff like that. Honestly, I'm better at implementing things for my team mm -hmm. as routine. But anybody that really knows me knows that I am. I I constantly live in a world and work in a world of chaos. But the chaos is I know the chaos. So like my desk is messy as hell. But I somehow know where everything is. Yeah. You know, I, I always I wish I could examine my brain and see because like I I'm like a squirrel. Like I think about a thousand things all the time, but somehow it all just it's there. Like and I remember it. It's it's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You remember where you put something mm -hmm. yeah. uh, in all the chaos. That's cool. Oh, I somehow I have I, I have a really good I'll never remember your name, but I remember your face <laughs> and I'll remember where I put a piece of paper underneath but i won't remember where my car keys are so like simple things i don't know <laughs> but when it comes to the business i remember you got it's it weird. yeah yeah how about uh any here any people whether uh living or dead that have been super impactful to you and who you are today yeah anyone you'd consider a hero well, my mom and dad, you know, my, my, my dad has been self-employed. He still owns his business today. He's 75. We're, we're actually working on, on selling it. Mm. Um, uh, he, he taught me how to be a salesman. He taught me how to be a talker. Um, my mom taught me how to be, you know, um, uh, well, she's a little crazy as I am, but she, she taught me <laughs> um, how to sort of navigate people a little bit uh -huh. you know and and understand um personalities personalities and, yeah. and that was my dad too my dad me and my dad are i'm definitely his son like no doubt but like yeah. one of the things my mom used to always say to me and I, and I actually just said this to somebody the other day um is you know i i this is probably for the next podcast but like the way i got into the music business and some of my my child my teenage years i got into a lot of trouble and did some things um which i'm I love it. It made me who I am. But um, anyway, she used to always say, if Matt drives you and you're in the car and you go to a bank and Matt runs in and robs the bank and you were inside, you know, drinking a sh or in the car drinking a milkshake and the cops come, you're going to go to jail. So uh -huh. you always got to know your friends and who's your you know, who's your associates with. with and yeah. just because you didn't do anything because of association, you're probably going to go to jail, you yeah. know? And so that was one thing that always <laughs> stuck with me. But what, what did she say when then you said, but mom, I'm that guy. No, I, well. <laughs> In the bank. I, it's no. funny. I used to always say to her, mom, you have no idea what I didn't get caught for. She used to always say, <laughs> yes. you get caught for everything. No, you have no idea. <laughs> but my mom and dad, and then, um, you know, um, I think, I think, you know, as well, my brother, I think, I think he has a, a successful business in Florida. He's, he's had some challenging times. Um, uh, but as far as like, like I've had mentors, I've had coaches. Um, the, the person that actually got me into the music industry, um, was my aunt Debbie, my mom's twin sister mm. who is, is no longer with us. She, she died uh, of cancer. Um, two days after I got married to, to, to Stacy. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, I'm very close with her, her son, Sam. Um, but so she used to go on this women's trip. She was a teacher for, um, for, uh, special needs children in New York city. And so she went to Europe. Uh, she, every year she'd go on this girl's trip with her, her friends. So she went to Europe one year and she went into a record store and she asked whoever it was and said, Hey, I have a, uh, I think I was 
14 at the time, a 14-year-old nephew, and uh, you know what kind of music would would he want to listen to? Yeah. And so she brought home uh, a DJ named Paul Oakenfold. Oh man. And and uh, <laughs> yeah, and, old school. And old school. I love it. And uh, I think the album was called Perfecto. And I had not listened to techno uh-huh. at that time. I mean, I was 14, and so I got the the record uh, or CD. Fell in love with the music. Um, it was a time in my life that I was a little bit in transition. So quickly, I, I discovered raves. Mm-hmm. And once again, that's for a whole nother podcast. <laughs> um, uh, there are other podcasts that I've discussed this in length. So they're like Mark Gutman, his podcast. Oh, yeah. You've listened to some of that. Or yeah, I come back on yours. Yeah. Um, but Part anyway. Two, coming up. Round two. Yeah. yeah. Suspense. <laughs> that's um, the one you'll cry on. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, long story, long story long. Um, it was because of that that found my love of raves and then found my love of the music industry and just so cool. I, I credit her for introducing me to that music. Aunt Debbie. Aunt Debbie. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Last question, and I've already heard a couple, so we'll see what you say here. What would you consider your superpower to be? Hmm. Um, I, I think I think it's twofold. I think it's um, Oh, a few. I think the creativity, you know, being able to create something out of thin air, whether, you know, it's an event or, or even just in my personal life. Um, I think the ability to uh, bring people together and be able to um, bring the right people together to execute. Um, and then the third is, I think, my ability to relate, you know, mm. and, and just um, be who I am and bring what I think is the best out of people. Yeah. Bring your full self and be able to vibe with anyone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and like I said, I mean, this is who, this is who I am. You yeah. know, I, I, I really don't dumb it down. You know, right. I think, I think with my personal life, my friends know me for who I am and they're my friends, you know, in my business life, my, you know, my clients, if you don't want to work with me, then maybe I don't want to work with you. Like, I think, I think you have to, you know, this is who we are and that's yeah. how I built the culture. And same thing with the employees. I think, I think I'm, I'm compassionate and, and I don't always curse, but you know, I think that that you have to be real in this world. Yeah, you, know? you really do. But I think you need to have empathy and compassion and, you know, at the same time. Like, I can't just say fuck everybody. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you, you either want to be my friend or not. Yeah, that's cool. It's a f- very free way to live life. Yeah, and I almost cried right there because I was like, oh, my God, I don't have that many friends anymore. <laughs> Matt, Dang, you- I almost <laughs> got you. <No. laughs> That's great, man. This was fun. I appreciate the time in this I, conversation. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Too bad these things are so short, but but I mean, I'm happy to come on again, or maybe one cool. day I'll start my podcast. And yes. I don't, that's not a trail she teaser, but who knows? Maybe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'd love to do it again, but either way, we're friends, so we, we're going to have yeah, beers. Yeah, exactly. Friends. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks again, and I'll let you get back to it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Pineapple Agency, Denver, Colorado. That's right.